This is HPR episode 2337 entitled The Kobo Orary Reader. It is hosted by John Cull and is about 19 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is a review of my new used Kobo Orary book reader. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, recording another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Uh, I wish I'd been able to record more episodes recently, but uh, even during summertime, I'm finding it hard to get time to do this. However, my summer class has just finished up, and today is actually a holiday at the university. Well, tomorrow is July 4th, which is a holiday here in the United States, and the university has given everyone the day off today as well. And so I'm here pretty early in the morning at my office, and it's very quiet in the building, perfect for recording a podcast. Though, uh, if I pause for more than a second or two, you might hear the strains of someone practicing a piano up in one of the practice rooms above my office. (laughs) I hear somebody up there playing some kind of cheesy, yeah, like easy listening kind of piano music endlessly. And um, I, I suspect it's not a music major, but rather some student who just wants to take advantage of the fact that there are no students around to come in and uh, play the pianos. Anyhow, it's totally fine. Uh, today, what I wanted to talk about was a new device that I got recently, or new to me anyway. I've got a whole series of these uh my new used this or that. I, I did one on my pickup truck and on uh, what what else have I done? A new used uh, laptop. I did a laptop and a, uh, a large Kindle and stuff. For anyway, uh, I can't remember them. I've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> anyway, today I've got a new ebook reader that I just purchased not too long ago. Uh, I'm proud to say that I was the recipient of one of the university's outstanding graduate awards. Uh, not outstanding, outstanding advisor awards. I'm not a graduate of this university. <laughs> I'm on the faculty. Man, sometimes I wonder what's happening in my head. I got an outstanding advisor award this year for the very first time ever. And uh, advising is when you tell students what classes they need to take to graduate on time and that kind of thing. To get the award, you have to advise a certain number of students every year and you have to attend trainings and stuff like that and this year I qualified and got it. So not only is there a great distinction in that but there's a little cash prize as well and I decided uh, on account of that to treat myself to an ebook reader that I've wanted for quite a long time but that it was very hard to justify since I already had uh, a couple of Kindles at home. I started out my very first ebook reader was a Kindle Paperwhite that I got, I want to say, probably about May of 2014, I think is when I got my first Kindle. 
Uh, not too awful long after that, I picked up an earlier version of the Kindle from a pawn shop for about 40 bucks, and um, my son uses that now. My wife has a Kindle that she inherited when her mother passed away, and hers is basically just like mine, and um, she has been reading that ever since then. And I've just recently gotten a Kobo Aura. Now, the Kobo is... Um, a company that always intrigued me, just because I'm always, uh, I'm always interested in the alternative uh, companies. You know, Kindle and Amazon; those are the the big monopoly kind of um, outfits. And then there are these other companies that kind of just get by and have really cool-looking devices, but the ecosystems might not be as large, and maybe the eBooks cost more, and that kind of thing. And so that it it can inhibit people from getting into the new device and the new ecosystem. And um, the device that I'm holding is a Kobo Aura. Now, uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia article about the Kobo Aura, and it's, uh, it's worth reading if you're interested in these kinds of things. This device was released in 2014, and mine is a refurbished one. It looks brand new. Um, I, got it, I got it on eBay, and it was coming from Canada. And uh, Kobo is a Canadian company, so I, I don't know if this is coming straight from the Kobo refurbishing place or what, but it, it looks great. It, it looks brand new, and it came with a little slip cover with a zipper on top, and so it's not, it's a little bit, um, it's not quite like my Kindle cover where it's kind of a case with a flap that that puts it to sleep and then you open it up and wrap it around and just read the book and then you can close the cover back and it will put it back to sleep. This, when you take this out of the slipcase, you're actually just holding the bare device in your hand. But it feels pretty good. <clears throat> um, the refurbished one that I got here came out to about $60 American, which is uh, a good price for an ebook reader of this quality. Uh, when it first came out, according to the Wikipedia article, it was $149.99, which is pretty high. I mean, that, that's a good bit higher than the Kindle Paperwhite that I, I think I paid 100 bucks for the Kindle, Kindle Paperwhite when I got it. And it, it was a subsidized one where if you had paid another $20, you could remove the advertisements. But um, the, the advertisements, I decided, were not too intrusive, and so I just live with them. Um, the Kobo Aura, this 2013 device, has a number of things in common with the Kindle Paperwhite. It's an e-ink device, so uh, it looks great even in bright sunlight. It actually is easier to read when you're outside in full light, unlike your phone or your tablet or things like that. So it looks terrific. Uh, it feels nice. It's a little bit smaller in total size, although I think the screen size is exactly the same as the Kindle Paperwhite. It has a physical button to turn the backlight on and off. Now, the backlight is an important feature for me, just because I like to read in uh, dark places sometimes. So sitting in bed, ra waiting to go to, to sleep, uh, sometimes I'll like to read for a little while. And if the wife has already turned out her light, then I don't want to keep one on and uh, disturb her sleep that way. So the, the backlight is uh, an important feature, and this one has it. And you can turn it on and off with a little um, button on top, and you can adjust the brightness using little um, uh, 
you can actually use a, a two-finger pinch or uh, what? I don't actually use it because I, I find that it, <laughs> I don't trust the two-finger pinch. The pinch and, and uh, widen actually controls the font size. But it seems like sometimes the device, when you try to do that, it gets a little bit confused. These things are not uh, powerhouses in terms of uh, processor speed and memory. So you don't want to do too, anything too uh, drastic, else you confuse and make them uh, reboot. But uh, it's fully adjustable, the, the backlight, and that's a good thing. Uh, one of the major advantages, there, there are a few obvious advantages of this device over the Kindle Paperwhite right off the bat. And one of them is the availability of an expansion slot for more storage. Uh, the, the device itself comes with about three gigabytes of free storage space. It's a four gig drive, but uh, I guess close to a gig of it is uh, taken up by the operating system and various configuration files and whatnot, whatever has to go in there. It runs on a Linux kernel. I found this out on the um, Wikipedia page, and the Kindle Paperwhite might run on a Linux kernel too. I don't really know, but this one definitely does. Um, but the expansion slot will accept cards up to 32 gigabytes in size, and so I immediately ordered a 32 gig micro SD card. And so I could store, I mean, I've put something like 800 books on here, and I still have 29 gigs free <laughs> on this thing. So you can really, really store a lot of books. And it seems pretty quick when you go searching through all the books. It doesn't lag for a long time when you put in a search key or, or something like that. You can create collections of books right there on the device. You can group them into uh, various categories to ease your finding them. Uh, I've got a collection of books right now related to my job um, under the category of leadership. Now that I'm a director, I have to. I, I, I read a number of uh, books about um, managing people and stuff like that, and I find them very helpful. So I've got a collection of those, and then I've got a collection I called Must Read, where I can kind of keep track of the books that I want to read next, uh, which could easily get buried when there are 800 or 1,000 books on the device. Uh, I've got a bunch of music books that I keep in one category. Anyway, you get the idea. You can make collections. Uh, what else? Another killer feature of this, and something that... Um, for me, makes it really stand out above the Kindle Paperwhite is um, one of the adjustments that you can make to the appearance of the book on the screen itself is you can choose your alignment. You can either have it fully justified, which in most books is the default, or you can choose left alignment if you find it extremely annoying when there are large gaps between words. This is a problem that especially creeps up if you make the font bigger. Uh, this is something my, my wife has some, finds it much easier to read books when the font is very large. And so she ends up having, I don't know, 30 or 40 words a page instead of a couple hundred. And uh, not only are there not many words, but there are really big gaps between the words because on her Kindle Paperwhite, it's like it's forcing her full justification instead of allowing the words to naturally follow one another without forcing them all the way over to the uh, right-hand margin to make a full justification. So on this device, you can turn off the full justification by one of your um, reading settings, which is just awesome. That's something I used to go in and edit my Kindle books. I would go in and edit the style sheet to make it left aligned 
to, uh, to avoid the full justification. And uh, on this device, you don't have to. So that's pretty great. Another great thing about this is that they don't try to... Um, they don't try to keep you out of the device so much the way Amazon does with the Kindle. Uh, for example, you can easily hack the device to put alternative fonts on there by just creating a fonts directory in the, the unit's top directory. You create a directory called fonts and then just put whatever fonts in there, reboot it, and then next time you want to, you can change to one of those fonts. I just tried this right before recording this episode. And uh, I, I put this awesome font called uh, JSL Ancient. Uh, it's a font that a guy designed based on 17th century printers. And so if you load up a book using that font, it has this amazing vintage look of a, a 17th century printing press. And uh, it could not have been easier to add the font in there and uh, reboot and then just select that font on the book. Uh, with the Kindle Paperwhite, you you can't just add fonts to the device. You have to embed them in the ebook, which is possible. And I've, I've learned how to do it um, using Calibre, but it's it's kind of a pain. And it's not the easiest thing. It's, it's not foolproof the way this is. So uh, I, I like the fact that they, they seem to trust you and uh, are not trying to lock you into a specific way of viewing your books. I also like the fact that this one comes with installed by default. It comes with the open dyslexic font, which is a, I did an episode about that font on an uh, earlier HPR show. And um, that comes already installed on this device. Now, one of the, the difficulties that anybody would face when uh, trying to transfer over from the Kindle Paperwhite or some other Kindle device to the Kobo would, of course, be, what about all my books? Uh, if I've bought all these books on Amazon, I won't be able to read them on the Kobo because it's a totally different ecosystem. Um, they come in a different file format. The, the Kobo prefers EPUB, whereas the Kindle prefers either Mobi or AZW3. And most of the books that you buy are locked down by DRM as well. Uh, I, I was pretty confident when I bought this that I would not have any problem with this because uh, I've got a plug-in installed on Caliber so that when I import any of the books that I've purchased either through the Kobo store. And I had actually purchased some books through the Kobo store before getting the Kobo device. Um, and then just uh, converted them to Kindle format. Uh, I've got a plug-in on Caliber that will take care of that problem. Uh, so that once I import the book, I can convert it to whatever format I want and then just sideload it onto the Kobo. And so all of the books that I bought on Amazon, I can, I've already put on the Kobo. And it's not a problem at all. Just plug it in with a USB port, and uh, you can either use um, you can either use Caliber to manage the collection, and you know, right-click on a book title and then choose Send to Device. Or uh, you, now that uh, I have an expansion card in there in the memory, it's either Send to Device Main Memory, or you can send to the device's memory card A, and um, easily manage the things that way. It, there's some kind of error message I get whenever I do this saying that it, it doesn't, like it's not compatible with the Kobo database format or, or something, or metadata. For, I, I don't really know, but uh, the books all show up. 
and so I don't really worry about it. You can also just, in the file manager itself, just drag books onto the Kobo and it'll find them and um, put them in your um, book lineup menu next time you um, open up the, the reader. What else to say about this? I don't guess there's so much to say. I mean, it, it uh, charges from a regular micro USB thing, so the same cable that I use to charge up my phone, I use to charge up this and my Kindle Paperwhite and everything. Uh, it's a nice device. I'm really glad I got it. And my daughter is glad I got it because I gave her my Kindle Paperwhite and now I'm using this. So uh, anyway, it, it's great. I, I certainly encourage it if you're a, an ebook nerd like me. It's uh, it's really nice to try a totally different ebook reader than, uh, than the Kindle. Oh, one other thing that this uh, does that the Kindle, at least recent, at least the version of the Kindle that I have, does not do is word breaking, and, and that was another reason why it had such a problem with ugly full justification was that it never broke words at logical place. It just didn't do that, and so uh, to make it justified, you would end up with these great big gaps between words that could have been avoided if you just um, break the words up in a logical way. Well, the Kobo has word breaking and it's not perfect but it's pretty good and so that makes even the books that are always displayed using full justification look better on the Kobo than they did on the Kindle Paperwhite. Um, I, I bought a book on the Kindle store a couple of days ago that advertises a new feature apparently that they've implemented called uh, smart typesetting or something and so I, I guess a bunch of their books feature this now but they're, I think slowly they've, they've realized that they've got a big problem with the full justification and the giant gaps between words. And so they're trying to um, put books up there that will do smart hyphenation. Anyway, I've probably talked a whole lot longer than I meant to here. But uh, anyway, that's my review of the Kobo Aura. And I hope you've enjoyed that. Now I think I'm going to turn off here and go read a book. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.